Hello everyone, this is Belinda Carr. Welcome back to the Movers and Breakers podcast, where we dive into the world of construction and explore the stories of people and companies who are shaping the future of our industry. From the latest innovations to the challenges and triumphs of everyday professionals, we bring you the inside scoop of what's happening in construction. Today, I'm speaking with Chris Anderson, CEO of Vantim. Thanks for joining us, Chris. Thank you, Belinda. Really appreciate your interest. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I was, I came, when I came across your company and your panels, I was very interested in learning more about them. So for anyone who hasn't heard of Vantum before, y'all produce high efficiency, low embodied carbon, net zero structures at competitive costs. That seems to be something that everyone wants to achieve but hasn't been able to. So I'm very interested in learning more about your story and the product. So let's start with you. How did you start this company? Sure. Well, the, the um, Vantum comes out of a prior company that I started uh, with a business partner right out of out of college. And um, what we were doing in that company was building uh, and, and manufacturing sustainably harvested wood products, mainly windows and doors and flooring, things that go into construction. And um, one of the things that we kind of noticed and, and realized as we were, you know, developing that company was that here we had these really, really um, uh, uh, technologically advanced, um, very productive factories making the windows and doors. And then you go to the job sites and, um, you know, they're going into homes that are being built like they've been built a hundred years ago, the same system, same processes. And and that was kind of the spark of, um, there must be a better way of doing this. And so we, like you know, started inch tolerance window meets a quarter inch yeah, tolerance house. <laughs> absolutely. You know, and then and you have these, you know, there's, you don't see a single, you know, uh, uh, piece of high-end technology really on the job site usually, yeah. right. It's all hammers and nails and <laughs> things like that. So, um, yeah, that's when we decided, you know, let's, let's convene a group and, and start thinking about how we might be able to make the actual home itself better. And that led you to creating these high-efficiency panels that, that I know I understand a lot of it is proprietary, but could you tell us a little bit more about the panels themselves? Yeah, absolutely. So in that group, the one thing we started by doing was looking at, you know, what have other people done to try to increase um, quality and productivity in, in, in housing? And, and I think that, you know, what we did set out as a goal from the very beginning was to make sure that whatever we did would be a way of building houses that would be cost competitive globally, that, right? Ultimately, that's the, the deciding factor to adoption, right? Right. I mean, it's, I won't say it's easy, but it's a whole lot easier to do something, you know, that's expensive, but yeah. the few people can, you know, can, you know, the premium stuff. But the, what the real challenge is, is how do you do a really great product that actually most people can afford? So that was, that was absolutely a goal from the very beginning. The other thing that was a goal was that, um, trying to help with that balance of, uh, you know, human need for housing at the same time, not making, um, uh, the energy crisis and CO2 and carbon emissions worse. Right. So we wanted to make it more affordable, but we also wanted to make sure that those homes that we produced would be ones that had a very low, low carbon footprint. Okay. So then, you know, we put together a really talented team and started looking at everything that had been done in the world. And we did see that, you know, for 70 or 80 years in the, in the U.S. and parts of Europe and Japan, people have been using structural insulated panels, right? So um, 
we were really intrigued because it's a, it's a cool idea. It's, it's a simple way of building a really highly thermally effective uh, home. Uh, um, but but those panels typically are built with a wood-based material. Like usually OSP, it's an OSP sandwich, right? With EPS or exactly. XPS in the middle. Yeah. There you go. That That is what is typically done. And whereas that's, that's a, a good improvement, it still has the challenges that you need to put more layers on the outside to protect it from the elements. You have to put drywall on the inside. And in most of the world, you know, not everywhere is wood considered something that you can really use. People are really afraid of termites and mold and all this kind of stuff. So we thought, well, listen, if we could replace that OSB with something that was more in the cement family that that still you know allowed us to build a, a quality panel with all the same attributes we get it and um it was harder than we thought <laughs> it took a, a number of years to figure out how to do that a lot of trial and error on different kinds of ways of doing it in the end we we landed on really what is more a ceramic type of material and um that is what is the the core of bantam's intellectual property today so we build that panel um, with um, our Bantam board, which is a, this ceramic material on both sides. And that solves all of those key problems. So we have all the benefits of the simplicity and thermal effectiveness of a, of a structural panel uh, without the downsides, because that, that, that um, ceramic board is weather resistant, it's fire resistant, it's termite resistant, mold resistant, all these things, and it's paint ready. So um, we're able to deploy it internationally. We're able to reduce costs because it's simpler, right? And and it we, we have all that thermal efficiency, which was part of our initial goal. So it sounds like the panel that you've de developed is is an all-in-one panel. It takes care of the structure. It takes care of the structural components. It's an exterior face and an interior face. And it's a it's almost a weatherproofing barrier as well. That's exactly right. Yeah, so... The, um, the panel itself, uh, like you say, is structural. So it doesn't need additional wood or steel to, to hold loads, right? And we can build the entire house and up to three stories, four stories um, with just the panel without additional reinforcement. So they are very, very structural. Right? Three to four stories with interlocking panels and no additional structure? Yes, exactly. Wow. Yeah, you, um, they're very, very structural. Um, and to those that are, you know, kind of on the engineering side and want to get a little bit wonky, why is it so structural? Well, they work like I-beams, right? So when you build this panel, it's like an I-beam. Now imagine standing an I-beam up on its, you know, uh, 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 vertically, it'll be very, very structural. And that's how this works. Um, and yes, those faces um, are paint ready. So once we, we stand that panel up and make a wall with it, uh, all you need to do is, is paint it. It's ready to go. You don't need to put drywall on the inside uh, and on the outside uh, you don't need to put additional you know cladding to protect it from the elements so um, it's a lot faster a lot less expensive to build with so it sounds like when you, you develop a panel creating something that could be used all around the world was one of your key um, motives right why why was that why because construction is so regional I've noticed like not not even just within a country, within a certain state, it differs so drastically from another state. But why was it so important to you to create something that could be used not only in the country, but around the world fairly easily without an, without much modification? Well, I think we were, I mean, candidly, we were very ambitious with what we wanted to do. Um, you know, we, we, we wanted to have, create a product, uh, a system that would be truly scalable. And since, why? Well, because... 
you know, affordable housing, um, cost-effective housing is a universal need and a universal problem. Energy efficiency, emissions reduction is a universal problem. It's, it's, you know, it, it's everywhere and it's something that, that, that to be impactful, you've got to be able to address it all over the world. And, and that was at the end of the day, you know, one of the core elements of why. And so, um, you know, w we, we did start out, uh, proving the concept overseas even, right? So we started proving out every, uh, the, the system doing our initial testing and our initial in installations in South America, um, in part because if you can do it in those low labor countries, if you can do it in places where construction is less expensive than, than in the U.S. Uh, and in Europe, then you're absolutely going to be able to compete, you know, in places where construction is more, more expensive. And so, that's, you know, yeah. that, that's that's one of the reasons we started where we did it, it even with our with our rollout. So how has it been accepted in South America and in other countries where you've used this system? Um, really well. Now, yes. you know, obviously, the very first time somebody you describe the system, people are, are somewhat skeptical, right? Yeah. They're like, oh, boy, you know, how is this possible? But um, I would say universally, once we've built a home or a structure with the our, with our system and people are able to see what it looks like and understand it looks exactly like what they're used to seeing, you know, with traditional construction, even in South America, where traditional construction is 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 concrete and brick. Our homes, once you're done, they look and they feel like those structures with one important difference, which is people truly end up being amazed when they walk in and they realize how much more comfortable the homes are because of the thermal efficiency, you know. And, and so it, that, that, that has been, uh, you know, a, a, a universal response to, to walking into our homes. Because you all have almost eliminated thermal bridges because it's just your panels are continuous pieces of foam within these ceramic inner and outer faces. So you'll have no thermal bridges at all. Exactly. And, and so, you know, with, well, when you look at the way people build in, in, in South America and really the rest of the world, there's very little insulation at all. Right. So automatically what we're doing is, is usually 90% more thermally efficient than a solid brick wall or solid concrete. Now, Exactly to your point, in the United States now, when we turn our attention to how how do we how do we perform versus wood framing, um, we perform a lot better because of the of the lack of thermal bridges or the elimination of thermal bridges, right? Because a traditional U.S. house, you'll have um, uh, wood studs that are interrupting that insulation layer every sixteen to twenty four inches on average, right? And and those those really really impact the thermal efficiency of the envelope. Absolutely. I, I have a thermal infrared camera. And whenever I do look at my house in summers, it is insane how much heat we're losing through every single stud, through every single rafter. They just sh they just show up as bright red uh, beams and elements on, on the thermal infrared cameras. And it's it's very disappointing how poorly we build over here. I mean, it's we're just so used to these energy guzzling homes and we don't know any different. So a system that you have developed, it can truly change the market. And to the everyday homeowner, they don't understand or they're, they're, they don't need to know the, the ins and outs of how the house is built. All, all to them, what matters is that they're, energy bills are much lower, they're more comfortable in the home, 
and it looks just like a typical house to them it, it's not something that's drastically that's going to make them feel uncomfortable when they live in the home well, absolutely and and so i mean i think the part that people some people focus on but i i think that is really important for for everyone to focus on is that 40 percent of all carbon emissions in the world are the built environment that's true. right and I think a lot of us assume that's the embodied carbon. That's you know the the carbon that it takes to that's that that it, that it, that, it, that it takes to build the build homes structure. or the the structures. That's not true. It's operational carbon. It's the operational it, it, exactly. So it's all that energy that it takes to heat and cool and light the structures that is the overwhelming yeah. uh, 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 cause of the the emissions and and so. If we focus on that, we are focusing on the most important part of the problem. Um, and and so, you know, I think that as people look at their homes, and and I think it's great that you know your example of looking at, the, uh, you, you know, the, the the infrared pictures of of, of typical you know, people can go online, right, and see some yes. of these. If they don't believe it, you'll see exactly what it is. Because, for example, if you take a wood frame house, a wood frame wall. You know, we're told, hey, this wall, we built it to R19, for example, right? Thermal insulation. Okay, that's true in the sense that they used R19 insulation in the wall. But what really is important and most builders don't talk about is what is the the whole wall value, exactly. right? What What is the true performance? And so that R19, it, it's not unusual that because of the thermal bridges, it's really performing like an R12. Right, and and so that's a that's just a massive difference. Now, with the Vantum Wall, as you as you pointed out, we don't have any of the thermal bridges. So when we build an R19, uh, and actually we usually build more than R19, but let, if we were to build an R19, um, the whole wall is performing like an R19 wall. So we do not have a loss through those thermal bridges. The other part that's important that people need to to focus on is air leakage. Right, so. The other problem is that the homes, as we build them today with wood framing in particular, um, because they have, they have so, many, so many layers. Yeah. Right. So many parts and so many things breaking up that envelope all over the place that 20 to 30% of the energy in a home is actually lost through the leakage of air through all those cracks. Exactly. And, um, you know, typically to try to solve that with, 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 um, in traditional construction, it's quite expensive. I mean, you, there's just a lot of tape and a lot of all kinds of stuff that needs to be done, and it's 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 really very difficult to do. And, and so, you know, the other benefit when you're building with a, a panel, especially our our panel, is you you just don't have those breaks, um, yeah. and it and and it it's not hard for us to do so. So we actually are able to get that thermal envelope to be thermal efficient, airtight, without the cost premium that typically is associated with getting it. That sounds way too good to be true. How do you manage to build such a high efficiency panel and keep it cost competitive to traditional construction? Well, I mean, if you think about how complex traditional construction is, you can you you, you know start you can kind of start doing the mental math. Um, you have a lot of layers, a lot of parts, so a lot of you labor. Have a lot of labor, yes. exactly. You have a lot of labor. And then you have a lot of extra parts because there's things that you don't really need if you're doing it more efficiently. And so that's really what we're doing is we're stripping out the labor um, um, and uh, kind of the labor overage, if you will, and we're stripping out a lot of the unnecessary parts. Now, 
the other part I think that that is that is important in the way we achieve that goal is that the the way we we prefer to deploy our system is with offsite manufacturing, meaning modular manufacturing, where we're building our homes in a factory. Okay. So that that really allows us to maximize all the efficiencies, right? Because now what's happening is that the same dynamic that allows us to, to reduce labor and materials also allows us to make a, a less expensive factory that's highly automated, right? We don't have, we don't have as many parts, so the automation is simpler and cheaper. And um, so what we're doing today and the way that we've started our rollout in the United States is to build modular homes, right, in a factory, um, which we've done in South America, but it, it, now we're really we're we're, we're really um, moving forward very strongly doing it in the U.S. Um, using our panel, and you know the effects of that are that we're able to drive down costs even more, and produce a lot more volume, which is you know the whole back to the whole issue of scale. Absolutely. So I was actually going to uh, jump into that part now. You all have created a name for yourself in South America and in Europe, and you all have proven that you are wall systems work. Y'all have built schools, homes, and I've gone through your website. I saw a whole lot of case studies and projects that you've built using the system. And now you have finally come to the States. You'll have a presence in Georgia, I believe. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, we, we built about 3 million square feet overseas. And um, then uh, about a year and a half ago, um, felt ready to embark on a you know, full-scale rollout here in the United States. And um, uh, what we did initially was um, uh, get our uh, code approvals for the U.S. So we've got approvals for um, uh, we can build everywhere in the U.S. Uh, up to three stories. And we're going to be getting kind of that code approval up to four stories, uh, hopefully soon. Um, and the other important thing that we did was bring on board an important partner, Breakthrough Energy, which is Bill Gates's fund. Um, focused on carbon emission reductions. Um, we brought them on board as an investor about a year ago uh, to help with that rollout. Uh, and they've been really, really instrumental in, 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 do, in, in us doing so. And as you point out, the first important step for us has been um, the purchase of an existing modular factory in Southern Georgia, Affinity, a great company. They've been building really high quality homes with wood, um, as as is typically done, um, and what we, we're in the process of doing is um, we're going to still build the same high quality homes, keep all the same, you know, attributes that that Affinity is really really known for, um, but we're going to be um, adding attributes which are even more energy efficiency and especially the offer of net zero homes um, out of that facility. Um, as soon as we have it fully transformed uh, early next year. So we're really, really excited about that. And we're looking to build on it. So our, our eventual goal is to build or acquire 20 factories in the United States over the next 10 years. So this is our first step. That would be, that would be truly exciting if you have the same clients, have the same type of houses, and you'll just make this switch behind the scenes almost where you suddenly switch from traditional wood construction to these high performance panels and the end the clients and the customer base don't even realize that they y'all have made the switch but they have this suddenly have these high performance homes that that offer all these extra benefits that they wouldn't have been able to access earlier um but i do have a question about the exterior of of the homes that y'all built since you all are creating, you all use these ceramic panels. How do you 
manage to achieve the say a, a traditional bricks brick brick appearance do y'all build these thin brick panels on site after the the home is constructed no it's a great question so whereas um with our panel, one of the options, the least expensive option is to paint the exterior or to put a textured paint on it that looks like stucco, right? So that's that's um, the least expensive way to go. Um, there is no there is no restriction of doing what you traditionally are, are, are used to in the United States, right? Of, of putting, you can put vinyl siding on it if you want to. You can put, you know, plank siding, wood siding. You can put brick veneer or stone veneer on on those panels with no restriction whatsoever it adds a little bit of cost but there's no restriction and nothing nothing that impedes us doing that and 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 in fact at affinity um you know one of the the the, the specialties of affinity what they're really really known for is not not just really high quality but um affinity does a high amount of customization which is kind of unusual in a, in a factory Absolutely. built you know yeah. home um and so um uh, the homes we'll be building at Affinity are high, are very likely going to have the type of of cladding that you're talking about, decorative Green cladding. Green screen, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, and that's all done in the factory. That that um, just about all of that work is done in the factory. So, um, when the home is delivered, um, uh, eighty percent of all what is typically uh, on site work has already been done in the factory. Right. Okay. The only things that you do on site are the foundations and kind of that final thing that, that's the stitch up between, you know, if you have several modules to make up the home, you, you've got to kind of stitch them together, right? So they look right. Yeah. But I guess we didn't touch on the roof of these structures because that's a major source of heat loss with all these crazy vented attics that we have. How do you address roofs with your structural system? Yeah, great question. Um, well, so our panels work great as walls. They also work great as roofs and floors. So um, the modules that we build um, um, can have the roof um, um, made from our panel, and um, it's a very, very effective way of creating the complete thermal envelope. Uh, so typically what we would do is actually run our panel horizontally where the ceiling is of the home, you know, what you would yep. typically uh, look to as the ceiling, the horizontal surface. That would be our panel that's sitting on top of the Vantum wall. So you have this really airtight, um, uh, thermally effective structure, kind of like a, a beer cooler, right? It's, it's all very uh, uh, airtight. Um, and then you can put on top of that um, whatever shape of roof you like. Or whatever yeah, you exactly. Want. Anything you want just sits right on top of that. So you've kept the thermal envelope below the roof line. Very interesting. So that could be metal roofs, that could be wood frame roofs, any sort of pitches that you that you want. It could still be accessible, uh, but the home itself, the livable space that is enclosed, airtight, weather is weatherproof. That that's separate from the the roof structure or the attic space. Exactly. Yeah. Very exactly. Which is is not unusual for even traditional homes, right? Yeah. For the attic space not to be conditioned. Um, but the, in this case, you have again, a very, very effective thermal um, ceiling, the thermal roof system that yeah. is uninterrupted, you know, with wood framing and all, all the other things. <laughs> what challenges have you faced bringing the system to the States? Because it, it can't have been a seamless transition. Uh, has there been, a, have you had to educate a lot of clients and consumers on the the advantages of your system and how it's not going to be some drastic shift that's going to make them uncomfortable? Have, 
what about uh, getting the the system code compliant? Has that been a challenge? Well, so yes, code approval any in just about any country can be quite complicated. In the United States, it it, it definitely is. It's 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 costly, time consuming, and um, you know was a really important achievement for us. So we we spent an um, over a year with uh, testing. Um, uh, several million dollars worth of investment getting uh, the code approvals so that we could build the product in the United States. A huge, it's, a, it's really a huge undertaking. Um, now, once you're done with that, um, the, the the key challenge is, is convincing um, our customers, which in our case, we work directly with developers um, that are looking to do high energy efficient, uh, cost effective housing. Um, and the main thing they want to know is, is this house going to look and perform the way that a traditional house is going to look and perform? And, and, and the answer is yes. And, 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 you know, some of them have flown to South America to look at our, at our product and they, you know, they understand that it, it, it absolutely performs that way and looks that way. So, um, it, it honestly has not been as difficult as even we thought it might, uh, be to, to convince, uh, the market that this is the way to go. That's exciting. I'm, I'm glad for you because we need something. We need a disruptor in the housing market. The way we build, it just it's not sustainable. We cannot keep building these energy guzzling homes because it. Th the problem I see is that there's such a huge demand for homes and it just keeps increasing exponentially because our population's increasing too. But we're building so cheaply that we're putting such an enormous strain on our grid. Our grid cannot keep up our homes are unsustainable. It's just this vicious cycle that we need someone to break. And the system that you have built with these high-performance homes, that could really help break the cycle and help us focus on quality, not just on the quantity of home that we build. Um, so I'm I'm excited to maybe come visit your factory when it's up and running and experience the, the homes themselves and see the, I'm sure you can feel the difference when you're in, in the house. Um, but what sort of advice do you have for someone in our old school construction industry that's so resistant to change? What advice do you have for someone who wants to build better while remaining cost competitive? It's a very difficult, very difficult thing to achieve. Yeah, so I, I think a, a couple a couple things come to mind. The first thing is seize the moment seize see seize the opportunity I and mean, this is the time to get involved and 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 with energy efficiency you know there was a there was a great article i think it was yesterday in the new york times talking about how um um uh, 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 uh renewable energy production in the united states is increasing at a rate that was not predicted uh, even even by those in industry i mean it is it is outpacing prediction in a in a great way so the time is right. I mean, this the market wants it. People want it. Frankly, there are now you know um, some interesting policies at the government level that help um, you know with it through the Inflation Reduction Act. So it, it's absolutely an, opp an opportunity. Don't think of it as a threat, right? Um, and and then the other part of of the advice I would give is that you you can't expect new results doing the same old stuff over and over again right i mean that's the old axiom you, you what you need to do is rethink the system right and 
that we did it. We, we rethought it. We came up with one way of doing it. I'm sure there are many ways of rethinking this old, you know, 100, 200 year old technology that we're, that we're currently using and to do it better. Um, those are the two key portions of it. And, 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 you know, it, it's something that's urgent. It's something that's absolutely needed. Um, you know, in the United States alone, we have a, 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 an affordable housing crisis. We have absolute backlog of, of demand that is not being met. Wow. What an opportunity. Now, what is important is that to make that possible, you cannot be charging a premium for what you do, right? You, you can't have this, this green premium and think it's going to really be scalable. So those solutions have, you know, that, that, that one sets out to create have to be able to be, um, on par with cost with traditional, but doing it better. And I think it's possible because there's just so much inefficiency in the old ways of doing things that, that if you focus on figuring out how to reduce those inefficiencies, uh, you should be able to be competitive. And your, your advice of like seize, seize the moment is, is so relevant right now, because I feel a shift in the industry in the last three years, like all these issues have just bubbled up to the surface and they're not going away whether it's the skilled labor shortage, it's the material material shortage, the rising cost of materials, everything is an issue right now. It was, people tried to suppress it for so long, they tried to ignore it, and then over the last three years, we just cannot ignore it anymore. So solutions like what you have come up with is is very needed, and I think it's, it's, a, it's come at a time where it's gonna be accepted, I think, by the industry at large too. We're already seeing it. I, I don't. I don't think it's it's something that's going to come in the future. I think it's already here. Absolutely, I mean, really, yeah. when, when we have conversations with with um, developers that are learning about our system and 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 we're uh, they they want us to start producing now for them. I mean, it, it's immediate because you know we are like you say that the developers and the whole construction sector is feeling the effects of this accumulated inefficiency and problems that have not been resolved. And so, you know, for anybody that's in the business, you look at it and you understand it's not sustainable. And you understand that um, from a business standpoint, if you're able to reduce those risks that that you mentioned, the the, the kind of the, the, the labor cost risk, the material cost risk, and um, some of the other ones, which are not yet mitigated, which are you know environmental costs over over time and so forth, that that you will have a, a very competitive product in the marketplace, and that that's just good business. And and you know when you're able to kind of marry good business with 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 a you know product. goals that are that, yeah. are, that are, right well well and and goals that are socially um, beneficial to everybody, then you, yeah, man, you've just got a great winning formula. Yeah. Thank you so much, Chris, for sharing all that info with us. If people want to learn more about Vantim, what's the best way to reach out to you or learn more about the product? Go to our website, vantum.com, tons of information on there and certainly feel free to reach out. There's, uh, you know, some contact, uh, emails, if you'd like more information and, you know, we're, we're happy to have some of somebody on our team, uh, you reach out and explain stuff and, uh, certainly looking forward to seeing you at our factory as soon as we have it, uh, completely converted to the Vantum system. And we'll have some, uh, some nice demonstration homes that are going up in the Southeast here shortly too. So we'll hope to see you there too. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Thanks to you once again, Chris. Appreciate it. All right. Well, well, thank you so much, Belinda. Real pleasure.